Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 81 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for another day in your word. Help us receive the message you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what's happening in John chapter 13. The Passover feast was about to begin and Jesus' time on earth was coming to an end. During the last supper, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. It was his last day with them and the last day before his suffering. And he served them in the humblest way. This was typically a servant's job, and it was a rather disgusting one because people's feet were generally splattered with the local cow, oxen, donkey, and sheep dung. There was a lot of livestock moving through the roads way back then, and it was a perfect place for them to relieve themselves. So it was expected the guests' feet would be washed upon arrival. Yes, Jesus donned a servant's towel and washed the disciples' feet, showing them and us. He came to serve and gave us an example to follow. An interesting fact here is that Jesus washed Judas' feet, even though he knew Judas would betray him. Again, Jesus demonstrates an act of service, even to his betrayer. Then Jesus told Judas to make quick work of his betrayal. We see Jesus as a man of action. He doesn't desire a delay, even in his death. Next, Jesus addresses the remaining disciples as his dear little children. His heart was full of compassion as he was trying to prepare them for what would happen to him. And like any good father, he hurt for them and gave them these last words in verses 34 and 35. I give you a new commandment that you should love one another just as I have loved you. So you too should love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you love one another, if you keep on showing love among yourselves. Our passage gave me pause to consider what is happening around us. There is clearly a battle raging. The enemy is at work in our families, our cities, our nation and the world. We can control very little of what is happening in the world, but it is our duty to control what we can. We can start with our families and friends. The Lord told us to love, love him and love those around us. We must first put down strife in our own little world. And if we love those around us, we help them equip them to love others. Let's see what Paul is writing about in Ephesians chapter two. Paul writes about living in darkness and sin before they knew Christ. Can you imagine living way back then when Christ's death and resurrection was so fresh? The law had guided the Jewish nation for so long. However, the Gentiles didn't live by the law, but were guided in darkness by the enemy. Paul gets so excited when he tells them about the light of Jesus and what it truly means to them. Verse 6 says, And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Wow, joint seating with Christ. I love how Paul puts this, and it is all because of grace, to show us the limitless amount of grace God has for us. Jesus Christ made us freely forgiven of our sins, and Paul calls this a gift from God. Indeed, it is. He goes on to say we are God's handiwork and workmanship, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Yes, God has a plan for each of us, a great plan. Paul's words are so encouraging for us today. They were encouraging to the Gentiles as well. They had been separated from the Jewish nation, knowing the Israelites were God-chosen people, and they were not. 
but because of Christ, all people are united as God's own. We can still rejoice in this today. Well, let's see what's happening with the Israelites in Deuteronomy. Chapter 9, Moses tells them the Lord would go before them and give the mighty, big, and tall nations into their hands. He warns them to not think it is because of their righteousness, but it is because of the nation's wickedness that they are allowed to possess these great lands. May we too not consider ourselves righteously rewarded anything. Whatever we have, it is because of God's gracious hand and his bigger plan is in motion, a plan we may not know anything about. Then Moses tells them they are a hard and stubborn people. I find myself in the same category. It is only through God that he has softened my heart. At least most days it is soft, but it doesn't take much to toughen it up. So by God's grace, he keeps us his. One of my constant prayers is that God keeps my heart soft. Left to the world, we become hard and stubborn as the Israelites were. Moses reminds them of the times they sinned and God wanted to destroy them, but Moses prayed against it. God even wanted to destroy Aaron, but Moses prayed against that too. God conceded every time by prayer. Let us remember that prayer and supplication is powerful in God's sight. Let's see what's happening in chapter 10. Moses continues retelling the story of the Israelites wandering through the wilderness and how he went back up the mountain for God to write on a second set of tablets because he had broken the first set because of their sin. Then he talked about how the tribe of Levi was set apart for God's use. In verse 9, he says, therefore, Levi has no part or inheritance with his brethren. The Lord is his inheritance as the Lord your God promised him. Let us take note here and reverently consider this for ourselves. God is our inheritance, which is much more than we could ever ask for. Moses tells the people to give reverence to God, serve him, cling to him, and praise him for all he has done. We will do well to heed his words here too. Well, Asaph praises God and calls for music. Then it takes a turn and he writes as if from the mouth of God against the Israelites as they turned against him. We may begin to get the idea here why Moses had to stress over and over again that their hearts remain steadfast to the Lord. Verses three and four say, oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. Speedily then I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. Although they didn't turn immediately back to God, we can. And I love that the message is as soon as we do, he comes speedily to our aid. Well, these books and chapters all weave together, don't they, as we read God's word. And I thank you for joining me on this journey to read the Bible cover to cover in 365 days. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word that teaches us how to follow you. Lord, keep our hearts soft towards you. Keep us seeking you, worshiping you, and praising you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.